Welcome to another episode of the First Soul Podcast. So in today's episode, we continue our Through the Book of Jude series with a message about the intrusion of false teachers in the church today. As I stated in the last episode, I stress the importance of Christians contending for the faith because we know that it has been given to us by God. Therefore, it is our responsibility to uphold it. And in today's episode, we're going to look a little deeper as to why it's important to contend for the faith. And as we know, when it comes to Christianity, we know that we are faced with persecution from the world. Remember, Jesus words to his disciples, and I believe it was John 14, where he says, uh, the world hated you because it it has hated me first. And and that's true. We know that the unbelieving world is is always going to oppose Christianity because they oppose God. But overall, I believe the greatest threat in the church today is not even from the outside. It's actually from within. And, be, and that's because false teachers have taken precedence in most pulpits today, especially amongst the biggest churches today. And yet, at the same time, those false teachers, they're not limited to the big churches. They could be in the small churches as well. Perhaps even your own pastor can, it could very well be a false teacher if you, if you think about it. So that being said, I really want to dive into this topic today because I believe it is it is timely. It is and it is essential for us Christians to, to to understand that there is a real problem today in the church, and that is that false teachers ha- have taken precedence on the pulpit. They have taken the spotlight. So anyways, that being said, we're going to get into the biblical text. We're going to be continuing in our letter of Jude. Again, it's a very short letter, only 25 verses. And today we're going to read from verse Four going down to verse seven. All right, so I'm going. I'm going to be reading from the ESV, which I would highly recommend. It it, it is a translation that is more closer to the original Greek and Hebrew languages, because there are a lot of translations today that are way too paraphrased. And what happens is that you can it's paraphrased to a point where it loses all meaning of the original text. So you want to make sure that whatever Bible you get, you make sure that's one that's close to the 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 original. All right, so that that being said, let us begin with today's word. This is what the word of the Lord says. Verse 4, For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, Afterward, destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority left the proper dwelling. He has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. That is our text for today. So, based on what I just read, I want to share three points to keep in mind throughout this episode. Number one, the intrusion of false teachers. Number two, the doctrine of false teachers. And number three, the judgment of false teachers. Right, so let us start with the first one. Number one, the intrusion of false teachers. Like as as I just said at the beginning of the episode, we have a big problem in the church today, and that is 
that so many false teachers have taken precedence in the pul- precedence in the pulpit today, and as a result, they have crept in. They have crept into the church. Those uh, preachers and other preachers, and as well as the congregations, as well as their congregations, have failed to take a note of false teachers because. What happens is that false teachers, because since they're false, guess what? They operate in deception and they do so through their teaching. And what happens is that their teaching may come off as actually may come off as good, may come off as something that sounds good. It may sound powerful, something innovative. So many Christians today, they'll they'll fall for it and they'll they'll love it and and they'll follow the preacher around. Right. Well, in terms of like social media, whatever. Right. They, they become fans. And but yet when it comes to these false teachers, they have crept in the church unnoticed because they've been able to deceive everyone around them. They And as we know, when it comes to Satan himself, we know that he is described in the Bible as the angel of light and same as his ministers. They're ministers of light where they where they they come. They have the appearance of truth. They have they have the appearance of good righteousness, but at the end of the day, it's all a facade. It is all a front, and it is all meant to deceive you. That way, you may fall for it. That you may get caught up in the deception. As a result, they've been able to creep into the churches today. They've been able to grow in popularity, and they've been able to grow into some of the biggest preachers in the world today. And not only that, besides them creeping in, another another problem. As to why I believe they've been able to creep creep in unnoticed is because there's no discernment in the church today, as I've and, and that's something that I've constantly touched on in this in this podcast, and that is that so many churches they don't they don't have discernment they cannot discern what is between true and false because they're not grounded in the scriptures, and so they'll listen to anything and everything, right? As long as it sounds good, as long as it makes them feel good, then then that's fine, even though. They, they are pretty much being deceived at all at the same time. And another thing, this has to deal more with pastors, is that pastors have failed to warn the sheep to, to, to stand against false teaching because they themselves have embraced it themselves. Whether they, they themselves have, may be a false teacher or that they have partnered with false teachers. And I'm sure you may have, you've, you've, been, you've seen cases like that where you, maybe it's your pastor where he invites someone from the outside, right? From maybe from a different church or different ministry, big name ministry, and this the pre, the the guest preacher is a, he's a deceiver. He he preaches heresy, and you seem to be the only one who's who's like, man, there's a whole bunch of red flags here. But everyone else, right? Whether it's your your brothers and sisters in Christ as well as your pastor, they 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 applaud as to as to what he says, and when you confront them. The pastor, pastor gets mad at you and says, "Oh, you're being judgmental, right?" And and you cannot question his leadership. There, right? Otherwise, you should leave the church, right? I'm right. And fortunately, there's been cases like that today in the church, but but yet the problem remains. They fell for the deception because they don't have discernment. They 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 they've compromised, and in doing so, we we've allowed false teachers to to influence the church today. In a negative way, in an unbiblical way, and and as a result, that can lead many away from the Lord. Even though they may be in church, they may be professing Christians, but at the end of the day, there's a risk of 
Christians not truly being saved because they have believed a false message rather than the true message, rather than the gospel, rather than the sound doctrine, the, the whole Christian faith, right? As Jude tells us to contend. That's why it's so important to contend for the faith because we must, we must protect ourselves from deception, all right? Moving on to point number two, the doctrine of false teachers. Now, going back to verse four, it says, for certain people have kept in unnoticed long ago who were designated from this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. And as we see here, first of all, we see that the false teachers, they are described as ungodly people. And that's true because they are ungodly. And what do they do? They pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. So here we see two problems. Number one is perverting the grace of our God, right, into sensuality. And in that case, it's basically abusing God's grace. And the problem here is we see the teaching of antinomianism, which is basically uh, basically gives Christians a license to sin because, well, we're under grace, right? And as a result, grace is abused. Grace is perverted, as Jude says. And Christians today, even though they say they're saved, right, they trust in the Lord, but... They've abused grace because they rec they recognize that, oh, I don't need to obey the word. I don't need to, to to take God's word into heart because I'm under grace. And that's lawlessness, right? Antinomianism in the Greek, antinomos means anti-law. And yes, we know that the law doesn't say, but we know that the law points out our sin and that it convicts us and that for those who are truly in Christ, you recognize that the law serves this purpose in the sense of guiding us in the Christian life, helping us recognize, okay, how can I live this life uh, as a believer, uh, as one who has sold out, who has sold their life, who has surrendered their lives to, to Christ. But for those who are antinomian, antinomians, they don't care about that. They just care about just being great, just being under grace and being blessed, right? I don't need to obey the Lord. And unfortunately, that's one type of false teaching that, false teachers that brought to the church today this lawlessness known as antinomianism but the truth is a lawless church is no church because the church a true church a biblical church is grounded in the law of the lord that is the scriptures right and as we have seen for example in the old testament uh psalm 119 i mean the whole thing is uh dedication to the law of the lord that david he he says that you know the law of the lord is his delight and he wants to do whatever he can to obey it. And like I said, even though, yes, we, we are not saved in, by simply obedience to law, but because we are saved, the evidence of salvation is obedience, all right? True obedience. And, of course, I'm not saying that obedience in itself is it's perfect, but we're growing in that obedience, right? So that's why it is important to, to shun any type of teaching that prefers the, the grace of God because of antinomianism. And the other problem here is the denial of Christ, right, as our only master and Lord. And this is important because so many Christians today, they believe that, yes, Jesus Christ is the Son of God, He's the Savior, but many refuse to acknowledge Him as Lord because as we know that when you do that, you submit to His authority. A true Christian recognizes that when their lives are surrendered to Christ, they're surrendered under His authority, under His sovereignty, that he should be the driving force in their lives. Not ourselves, not our own feelings, not our emotions, but but through him and him alone and through his word. 
But the problem here is that when you deny that, then guess what? You can fall into the antinomianism. You can fall into lawlessness because you're still living in rebellion against the Lord. You've still not fully surrendered to him, even though you say you have. And that's dangerous. And 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 for for and for false teachers bringing that type of message, it goes to show that they're not leading you closer to the Lord. They're leading you away from Him. And so, so I want so that's very important to to keep in mind, right? A message that is all grace and all repentance is not is not the true gospel. It is not the true gospel because we know that yes, in light of grace we repent, in light of grace we obey, in light of grace we surrender to the Lord and we trust in Him and we take Him at His word. That is what true Christianity is about. It is about glorifying God and making ourselves happy and trying to do this on our own because, hey, we, we could even save ourselves to begin with. Therefore, who are, who are we to think that we can live the Christian life apart from him? But then again, it goes to show that those who do that, those who teach that, those who embrace that might naturally be saved. Moving on to point number three, the judgment of false teachers. The judgment of false teachers. Now, in this text, back in Jude 4, we see here, when it comes to discerning people who have crept in unnoticed, right? False teachers, right? Referring to false teachers who long ago were designated from this condemnation, all right? Keep that in mind. So, even though, yes, we have false teachers everywhere in the church today, they are not outside of God's judgment. I mean, their intrusion in the church does not take him by surprise. If anything, we know that God will judge them and they will have to give an account. Right? It doesn't matter if they're famous, it doesn't matter whether they have gained they get whether they have gained the the approval of the church or, or the world because they're ultimately in danger of losing their soul. Their faith won't save them, their money won't save them, their church won't save them, because they will stand before the Lord who has appointed judgment from long ago. God, God, again, God is not caught off guard. He's not like, man, like, I, I didn't see this coming. No, no, no. He knows. He knows. And he's going to judge them for it. Because why? Because he is a God of justice. And he will execute his judgment in due time. And none will be able to stand against it. That's why when we look at, for instance, in James, this is not all should be teachers because they would be judged more harshly. There's a risk to, to being a, a pastor or a minister because if you're somebody who focuses on distorting the truth rather than preaching it, then guess what? You're in danger of judgment. You're at risk of being condemned by God. And as we see in the rest of the verses that I read, right, verses 5 through 7, we see examples of judgment. For instance, going back to verse 5, now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus who saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward destroyed those who did not believe. Of course, we're talking about the Israelites who, even though, yes, got them God, or in this case, it's Christ, right? The text is referring to Christ, who brought them out of Egypt. He destroyed those who did not believe because we saw that while they were in the wilderness, while they were traveling, they started grumbling, started complaining, and ultimately rebelled against God, which God had to destroy them because of their unbelief. And then we have here the angels who didn't, in verse 6, the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but they left their proper dwelling. He has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. And of course, we're talking about here about fallen angels, 
right, who rebelled, and as a result, God judged them. And then on verse 7, Sodom and Gomorrah, as we, which is in the book of Genesis, which and then its surrounding cities, which they indulge in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, they also were judged. And they serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. So anyway, so based on these examples, we see here these analogies of judgment because of whether it's unbelief by the Israelites, whether it's the rebellion of the fallen angels, or whether it's by or immorality by Sodom and Gomorrah. It is not outside the judgment of God. God will judge. And God can judge them. I mean, how much more for false teachers? The ones who are in the church, right? They're the ones who are preaching. The ones who are writing books, the best-selling books. And even though it's full of deception and heresy, right? But yet people left and right are bu are buying their message. And that's, that's, that's not outside the judgment. That's not outside the judgment of God. God is going to hold them accountable for all of it. For all of it. And another thing here that I added um, is that when it comes to false teaching, it actually can fit all these sins that I just mentioned. For instance, false teaching is unbelief because it, it, it disbelieves God's word. False teaching is rebellious because it disregards God's word. And false teaching is immoral because it distorts God's word. And thus, anyone who is preaching false doctrine, they will be judged. And... And this is so important, guys, because, again, we cannot abuse the grace of God. We cannot distort it. We cannot act like God's not going to do anything, right? Just like how people, Christians today will say, oh, well, God is love, right? And, and he's just love, right? We can't, God, he cannot judge. He cannot be angry. Then that's not true. That's not the true God. And in fact, it is the true God. I mean, the same God who loves is the same God who judges, God judges because he is love. I mean, if God loves what is holy, he hates what is unholy. And he will oppose, and especially in the context of false teaching, he's going to oppose anything and anyone who is distorting his word or, or who chooses not to preach it. Because we know that when it comes to the church, the word of God is essential. It is essential for all believers. And when you're no longer preaching the truth, when you're no longer preaching the word of God, then again, you're in danger of judgment. And these examples here are perfect examples to keep in mind because it goes to show God will judge, whether it's the angels, whether it's people, right? Anyone, whether it's an infinite, a finite being or an infinite being, it doesn't matter. God will judge. His judgment is impartial, meaning that he'll judge, he'll judge anyone who opposes him. All right? So that being said, I want to leave some points of application um, as we conclude this message, so first one I'll say is to pray for false teachers. Even though, yes, I do believe some will be judged, I do believe that God can change their hearts and bring them to repentance. I pray that God will continue to bring those to repentance that some have. And that's a good thing because I do believe that, well, yes, there are some who are malicious and they're intent to deceive. I, there are others who are they're just confused because we've not been rooted in the word of God. But as soon as they've come to an awareness of the, of, of, of the scriptures and the gospel and sound doctrine, then they will, they will leave the false teaching. They'll say, I can't do this anymore. 
So please keep them in prayer. The second point here is for pastors to warn against them. All right, pastors should warn against them because otherwise, not only will they be deceived, but their congregation will be deceived. And, and they cannot let that happen because guess what? God will judge them for that. To quote the theologian John Calvin, and I quote, The pastor ought to have two voices, one for gathering the sheep and one for warding off and driving away wolves and thieves. The scripture supplies him with the means of doing both. And that's perfect. This quote says it all because that's what pastors should do. On one hand, he should be bringing the sheep together and driving off false teachers, the wolves. And the scripture supplies them with the means of doing both. So we see the sufficiency of scripture here because, again, that's that's how we are able to contend for the faith by preaching the word of God and grounding ourselves in it against false teaching. And pastors, as the ministers of God, as the watchmen of the flock, they must be able to take a stand and warn against false teachers and make sure that they don't partner with any of them. But instead, warn against them and pray for their repentance. Lastly, point number three, as I just said, ground yourselves in the scriptures to discern what is true and false. And in a day and age like today where there's so much deception and false doctrine and just the denial of objective truth, we must ground ourselves in the word of God to discern what is true and false. Yes, the world is fallen. Yes, there is deception everywhere. But God will guide his people. He will guide his people. And when we get ourselves into this, this book, the word of God, we will be able to understand more on how to distinguish between true and false that, so that we may ground ourselves in the word and disregard what is false. And, and, not, and not only that, that we may encourage others to do likewise because I'm sure, I'm sure you know people, friends, family, who maybe right now they're caught up in false doctrine and... And sometimes it can be tough because they are so rooted in, in it that any talk against it will be seen as uh, will seen as hateful, will, will be seen as opposition. And that is why it's important to speak the truth in love because even though they may not believe it at first, but over time I believe that the Lord will open their hearts and they'll see, wait a minute, like this is false. What I've been hearing is false and I need to repent of this. And I have to get back to the word of God and understand it as it is, not as how we want it to be. Because when we distort the scriptures into our own liking, into our own, uh, when we come up with our own meaning for the word of God, then we distort the scriptures and we could come up with whatever false action there is. And we don't want that. We, as Christians, we are to be grounded in the word of God because it brings us into alignment with his will, because that is his will. His word is his will. Right. So. It's important to keep that in mind. As Christians, we need to ground ourselves in the Word of God now more than ever because that is the only way we can truly stand against deception. Thank you for listening to the For Your Soul Podcast. For more information, you can follow me on my social media as well as my YouTube channel where I upload every clip and episode of the podcast. And if you would like to contribute, you can do so at anchor.fm slash soul slash support. And please give a five-star review on wherever you get your podcasts, such as Apple and Spotify. That really helps me out. Once again, this is the For Your Soul Podcast, a podcast for your soul.